If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, welcome to Horror versus Reality. Hello. Hi, that's Trent. Yes. As I mentioned in a previous episode, we're having a revolving door of co-hosts until Morgan's back after the wedding. So, Trent's my co-pilot today. Hi, Trent. Hi, good to be here. You know, I'm not getting married anytime soon, so feel free to use me whenever. (laughs) I don't know. It took a long time to get this one to line up for us. (laughs) That is true. That is fair. But, I mean, like, it's not your fault. I'm just a flaky piece of shit. I mean... One time it was my fault, actually, kind of. Well, I'm, I'm glad that a woman finally admits that something's her fault. That's nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shut up. You know, I, I, I like the air of casual misogyny wherever I go. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, let's dive into this. We're talking about a real piece of shit today and yeah. a movie loosely inspired by said piece of shit. Mm. That piece of shit is BTK, and the movie is The Clove Hitch Killer. Yes. I watched this movie, actually, uh, for the first time last summer when I got back to the States, and I was doing administrative work for a, a little school, and I would just, like, use the Wi-Fi to uh, watch Shutter because I just didn't have a whole lot to do after a little <laughs> while. I mean, and I, I get like, that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, Dylan McDermott, okay, cool. He was good in that one thing that was basically uh, the Wonderland murders. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I checked it out. Yeah, no, no, they they, they really captured the whole uh, being a piece of shit kind of thing really well, I feel. They do, they do. I think they frame it well, and it's, it's well done. I think I wanted my BTK to be a little more seedy. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, I think that's what people wanted in real life. What, what do you mean? Well, like, like Dennis Rader, like, I mean, he was well, in, Yeah, like, no, I know, it's, cut. it's more accurate, but I did want yeah. to see more of the seedy things. You don't really see a lot of violence. In that this is film. true. It's, it's all implied, true. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, like, we, we all know that you love violence. I mean, I love violence, too. <laughs> I you, mean... You, you make me uncomfortable. And we've never been in the same room together. <laughs> oh, come on. You have way more love for Serbian film than I could ever muster. I, I don't have love for it. I, I have uh, 
stamina and patience. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, I've watched it once and I will never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Unless I'm watching it with a friend of my podcast, Jeff Burke, uh, who he, I think I mentioned this the last time when we were doing the Henry Lee Lucas episode. He was uh, like, yeah, no, Serbian film. It's just like that joke, the aristocrats, but for horror movies. You know, that's, that's kind of spot on because it does yeah. just like encroach on taboo after taboo after taboo. Yes. So yeah, you know that's fair. That's a and fair like a, assessment. And the and the punchline I think is way better in a Serbian film. Start with a little one. Hey. <laughs> oh. Oh. I feel that's like a I feel like I feel like there's no spoilers there because like I've been reading about this movie since I was fucking twelve and I'm twenty eight now or tw- no I'm twenty nine. Shit, I forgot. So. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Mm, mm. Okay. Yeah. Let's, you know what? Let's just dive into this movie now. Let's do that. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the director a little bit. Mm -hmm. I like tried to dive in on him and he just hasn't really done much. Um, I I couldn't really find much about him. So per his IMDb bio, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Duncan Skiles learned filmmaking in high school while producing a weekly cable access series called Burrito Vision. After moving to NYC, he made dozens of short films for the popular Waverly Films YouTube channel, leading to opportunities directing stand-up specials, commercials, and music videos. His debut feature, IFC Midnight's The Clovage Killer, married his dry comedic style with a love for minimalist suspense. His publicist wrote that, I think. Yeah, no, that sounds like some publicist shit. Like, you know, either that or he's just, like, very masturbatory, which, I don't know. I think it's okay to be a director and you're just, like, really into yourself. I mean, the best ones usually are, I feel like. (laughs) But, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so that's really all I know about that guy, to be honest. I don't know much more about him. But let's get into the cast, because the cast, there's more things to talk about. Yes. Obviously, we're going to start with Dylan McDermott, who plays Don Burnside, who is Mm -hmm. basically BTK. Yeah. Um, yeah, so McDermott... A lot more attractive. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So McDermott is an American actor, yeah, and he's known mm-hmm. for his roles on The Practice, which he played lawyer Bobby Donnell on, mm-hmm. um, and that show was on for a long time. My parents liked that show. I, I found lawyer shows pretty dull when I was, like, you know, 11 or 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they're, I honestly still find them pretty dull, if I'm being real, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyway, so he won um he won a Golden Globe for that role, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also known for playing several characters across four seasons of FX's anthology horror series, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a memorable role in Steel Magnolias. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, you know, the love interest of uh, Julia Roberts. In that movie. I mean, you know what? Steel Magnolias, that's my favorite movie, and I don't know how I forgot that. Is that really your favorite movie? Because I find that hard to believe. I've never seen Steel Magnolias. (laughs) I was going to say that would be so bizarre, Trent. (laughs) Okay, I want to talk about my favorite role of his, though. That's just like, I love him in Party Monster, where he's like the the one-eyed club owner. 
<laughs> yes, that who was that was a real guy. Yeah, trying to find his name right now because I have like Wikipedia open as well. Uh, Peter Gatian or Gatian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's still alive. Yeah, wild, right? <laughs> he produced a Bronx Tale, Peter Gatian. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing deep dives right now, dog. Nice, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, so currently you can find Dylan McDermott playing the lead on the CBS drama FBI Most Wanted. Oh. <laughs> so he's gone to the CBS uh, doldrums to die, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Once you're on one of those shows, like NCIS, you've just... But that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life. That's your retirement plan. Yeah, that's your retirement plan, 100%. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Charlie Plummer, who plays Tyler, yep. Don's son. Plummer is an American actor. He has been a child, he was a child star. He was in a bunch of short films and commercials. And then he got like maybe his biggest exposure at the time on Boardwalk Empire. He mm-hmm. played one of Nucky, he played one of Nucky's nephews, mm-hmm. um, which I've just been rewatching uh, that recently. Boardwalk. Did you ever get into Boardwalk? Uh, I did, then I fell off of it. It's uh, on my list to rewatch, but first I got the leftovers and um, Six Feet Under to rewatch. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Six Feet Under was fantastic. Yes. All right, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Yes. So then he started, then he was in the Hulu miniseries Looking for Alaska. Oh, yeah, Ma- that's how I know him. Yeah, as Miles Pudge Halter. Yes. And he got, like, pretty good reviews for that. And recently he starred as Dylan in the horror rom-com Spontaneous. Ooh. Did you ever see Spontaneous? I have not. It's on Hulu streaming, I know for a fact, but basically one of the characters spontaneously explodes. Human combustion. Spontaneous human combustion. And it's contagious. And no one knows, like, who's going to be next. So the whole movie is a ticking time bomb of exploding people all wrapped up in, like, a teen rom-com. That is beautiful and i'm looking at reviews right now yeah i'm probably gonna watch that tonight it's pretty good like i won't lie it's pretty good all right so kudos for that charlie plumber uh let's talk about madison Beatty. she plays cassie yeah uh Beatty is an american actress she also djs on the side and uh oh yeah she played Daisy Fuller in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, directed mm-hmm. by my favorite guy, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dora Solstad in The Master. My uh, favorite guy, Paul Thomas I, Anderson. Oh, yes, I was going to say another fave of mine, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Mulcahy and the other people, uh, among other roles. You know, She also played one of the kids on that ABC Family series, The Fosters. <laughs> yeah. and, she, and she played Iris and the uh, Magicians, which, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what channel that show came on. Well, she also but, played, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, she had, also had a small role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Aquarius, both roles playing Patricia Krenwinkel. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. With um David... Uh, Duchovny. Yes, Duchovny. Yeah, Mulder. Yeah, right? Uh, he's the... So good in Californication. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about Samantha Mathis, who plays the mom, Cindy Burnside. Hell, yeah. Mathis is an American... Oh, and there's some interesting stuff about her, by the way. So Mathis is an American actress. She also was the VP of the Actors Union SAG-AFTRA for a little while. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She had a long... She's had a really long, interesting career. She voiced Krista in one of my favorite animated films, Fern Gully. Hell, yes. 
Yeah, uh, she played adult Amy March in the 1994 adaptation of Little Women, uh, which which would not be the last time she co-starred with Christian Bale. No, actually, her first role was with Christian Bale in probably my favorite teen movie, Pump Up the Volume. And then again in American Psycho as Courtney Rollison, the drugged out woman Patrick Bateman is having an affair with. Oh, I'm a dumbass. You said Christian Bale. I was, I, I just, I had Christian Slater on the brain because I was thinking of her first movie, Pump Up the Volume. I was thinking that Christian Bale was definitely not in that, but I was just going to move past it. <laughs> I, no, I had to correct myself. I would have listened to this later and be like, wow, Trent, you can uh, retire, retire from comedy and podcasting and just stick with being a middle school teacher because you're barely good at that. <laughs> Oh, it's not that bad. Um, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> um, but no, here's the interesting dirt, right? So mm. in her per- in her personal life, back in the early 90s, she broke up with John Leguizamo mm-hmm. for River Phoenix. I'm and seeing was, this now. And was with him when he OD'd at the Viper Room in 1993. Oof. Oof. Uh, that ever, stings. You ever listen to the uh, 911 call that his brother made? No, I hate 911 calls. No, nah, yeah. nah, fucking don't. Like, like, not only does it, like, feel, like, very intrusive. Like, I watched it, like, on a documentary that was on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. I, st- I still can't shake it as a nearly 30-year-old man. I was like, man, that just, that's not cool that they released that shit. Yeah, like, no. Kind of, kind of, kind of a shitty move yeah it's like ugh. it should be kept in a vault with like the grizzly man footage and shit <laughs> no no i want that i want the grizzly man footage. <laughs> i don't want to listen to that man no no like, hey, hey if Werner herzog's saying this is the most horrible thing i've ever experienced i'm like yeah dude i want to i want to <laughs> i want to go down that abyss with you mr herzog take me <laughs> did you see i can't remember which episode it was Oh, I, I do know. It was the episode of Joe Bob's uh, The Last Drive-In where they showed Werner Herzog's uh, Nosferatu. Yes, I have watched that one. I love, a long time. I love the, uh, I, I think it came out, what, like a year ago or something like that? Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. well, no. It, I think it was just last season, but no, I was going to say uh, they have this great extended Werner Herzog bit, like, in between movies. Hell yes. And it, yeah, you should just go watch that if you haven't seen it. It's great. I can't do it justice. I, I need to watch it because I, I really would love to hear Joe Bob just like shit talk the main actor. Was it Klaus Kinski? Klaus K- oh, he has some great talks about Klaus Kinski. <laughs> yeah, apparently not a great guy. No, Klaus Kinski was a fucking asshole. I've seen the documentary that Werner Herzog did about him. <laughs> well, I was reading about like his fucking his kids saying all those horrible things about him. I'm just like, oh Jesus. Yeah, um, not beloved by his family. Famously a difficult man. <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah. So let's move on. So let's begin. 16-year-old Tyler Burnside lives with his devout Christian family in the small remote town of Clarksville, Kentucky. The town and its residents are haunted by the memory of the Clove Hitch killer an infamous serial killer who bound and strangled 10 known female victims before disappearing 10 years earlier. Now, Tyler takes his father's truck one night to go see a girl that he likes, mm-hmm. who ends up finding, and they're like making out and stuff, and they're like at least starting to kiss a little bit, but then she finds a photo of a woman between the seats that's in like bondage, like tied up and shit. Yeah. And it's creepy. It's seedy. Yeah. Uh, kind of seedy. Yeah. And then she just is like immediately turned off and is like, take me home. Bye. Boop, boop, 
Yep. Go on. And then she tells fucking everyone. <laughs> that reminds me of the song by Taking Back Sunday. And you can tell all your friends. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's yeah. a good song. Yeah, no, it's yeah. like, come on, guys. It's I, I know it's like middle America, Kentucky, whatever. Don't kink shame. <laughs> we'll have less serial killers, maybe, if you don't kink shame. Or more, that's, I don't know. That's true. It looked creepy, like, oh, maybe I don't feel safe with this photo. But, like, don't go tell everyone that it's his. Yeah, you don't know what he's going to do to you now. Not only that, but, I mean, like, you have no idea how it got there. Neither does he. Do you yeah. trust him? He said no. Yeah, I just feel like she, yeah, she didn't really give him the benefit of the doubt. If anything, yeah. I would have been like, dude, your dad's a creep, right? Yeah. Worst case. Yeah. Best case. Whatever. <laughs> or say, hey, dude, your dad, he likes to fucking party. Yeah, your dad is not who he says he is. I'm yeah. saying he's got a double life. The, that uh, that trip that he takes to New Orleans in the summertime, that is uh, that is not for business. That is for <laughs> oh, decadence. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So, so the word is spread about, like I said, the word is spread about the photo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they begin to ostracize Tyler, like all the other teenagers, especially the ones that go to church with him and are in his scout troop, because he's a boy scout. Yeah. Or, or I guess he's like, I don't, I, I okay, I, I should really know, like, what the ranks are of, you know, like, where you are at what age, if you've done everything for Boy Scouts. Because I've dated, like, three Eagle Scouts, <laughs> including the guy I'm with now. But okay, cool. I'm glad you uh, footnoted it with that, because I was about to like, good God, I'm so sorry, woman. <laughs> no, um, my current boyfriend's lovely, thank you. He skipped yeah, out. Nice. He skipped out on the final project of Eagle Scouts because he just didn't feel like doing it. Fair enough. Right? Let's get back to it. So, Tyler's like, um... Like, yo, what is going on with dad? Is he like, is he kinky? Is he into some BDSM? Does mom know about this? <laughs> the wheels are turning, you know, like, what's what's up? Yeah. And he's like, is my dad, who's like this, like, hokey family man, does he does he have a double life? Because I feel like if mom was in on it, I'd know, you know? Um, so he begins to also think, like, wait a minute, do you think dad could be Clovehitch? Boom, boom, boom. Boom, because he's you, right off the bat. Uh, dad's really good with ropes. Dad is really good with ropes. That's like... Is that, what's that thing in the beginning where he's like, like it's like a show of strength or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so and they really like, do stuff like that, too. <laughs> yeah, like letting him know it's like, I'm stronger than you, I can overpower you kind of thing to like keep yeah, that Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, weird power dynamic stuff there. Mm -hmm. Healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> So Tyler investigates Don's private shed, which I'm just going to, okay, look, it's fine to have a private place, but if it's a shed in the back that you keep locked and no one is allowed in ever, it's kind of sus, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not ideal. It's a little sus. That's all I'm saying. Like if you, if you can't have your boys come in over the weekend and like pop some booze in, in the, in the man shed, then, uh, I don't Yo, know. Look. Yeah. Yo, look, I don't want to name names, but Mark and I were invited to a birthday party at one point a couple years ago. And dude had a man shed that he did projects in. And he and he invited everyone over for his birthday party. This man would not let anyone in that shed. It was highly suspect. <laughs> that guy's a serial killer. 
I don't know. He just shows, honestly, he shows a lot of TikTok videos, and it's just him making dorky shit in his shed. Out of people's skin, probably. <laughs> out of wood. <laughs> it's actually out pretty of, dull. Out of people wood, maybe. People wood. Stuff. That's fair. Let's get back to what Don's up to yes. in the creepy shed, though. Yes. So Tyler's bond, you know, he's around, he's all in the shed looking through stuff and he finds a hidden compartment that has yeah. bondage magazines. Okay, dad's definitely a freak, but that's okay. No kink shaming. As long as no one's getting hurt, fine. Yeah. Dad's a freak. It's weird, but all right. Yeah. All right. But then there's a Polaroid photo of a woman that's been beaten up mm-hmm. and she's tied up. And it's like, well, how do you get Polaroids like this if you're not the one who did it? Yeah. So, you know, now obviously he's scared. He thinks his dad fucking Glowfitch. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, great. My, all my friends have uh, cast me aside. I have, like, mm-hmm. no one to talk to. Um, and my dad might be a serial killer. Awesome. Dope. Totally dope. And that's when he befriends teen outcast and amateur clove hitch historian, Cassie. And he's like, yo, I think my dad might be a serial killer. What, do you, um, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> and she's like, kind of skeptical. Mm-hmm. But they do link the photograph to a known clove hitch victim, uh... And they find blueprints to a BDSM dungeon in the shed. Yeah. Fuck. That's not ideal. That, it's that's not. Weird. It's really not ideal. You know, You'll and, live and, with it, this man. Yeah, and it turns out Dad was building it for uh, for his son's like, oh, I wanted it to be a surprise for your birthday, but you had to go snooping around, didn't you? <laughs> Why would I want that, Father? It was like you know, I just thought we could bond over something. <laughs> oh God, you're terrifying. I'll never look at you the same way Uh, (laughs) Anyway So he also finds You know um, Tyler goes under the house's crawl space And finds a box of uh, You know just driver's license Of the known clove hitch victims And three other women You know cool 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 You just have those Yeah just just coincidentally Just find those when you're hiking around you know Ordered them off ebay Yeah exactly (laughs) replicas replicas sure and then more polaroid photographs of beaten up women and tied up it's not looking good it's looking like pops is fucking clove hitch yes. <laughs> mm. so don now suspicious of tyler's behavior takes him camping and to explain the evidence that tyler's uncovered he says that the clove hitch killer was tyler's vegetative uncle rudy who became paralyzed after the guilt drove him to a suicide attempt. Don says he kept evidence in hopes for one day giving it to the victim's families. Tyler accepts this explanation apprehensively, and the two burn all the evidence. And Tyler ends the inve- Tyler ends the investigation, but Cassie's like not buying it. She's like, mm, that just no. I don't mm, no, I think your dad did it. I don't think yeah. it's I don't I think no, I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was gonna give this to the family, but you know what? Let's 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 burn this instead of doing that thing that I planned on doing for years. Yeah, it um hmm it makes him look really guilty, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um Don allows Tyler to attend a scout leadership camp, which he had previously been like, we don't have the money for it. Like you can't go. And the entire time I'm just thinking, like, look at the house that they live in. Yes, you have the money for that. Yeah, right? Like, but he did get injured at some point 
on the job, apparently. There's no uh, think about that. So anyway, so he sends he sends his wife Cindy and daughter Susie to Cindy's mother for like two weeks. And now that he's home alone, he starts photographing himself dressed up as a woman in bondage positions, which is something that the real BTK did. And it looked uh, just like the fucking video, uh, the uh, pictures I've seen on the internet. Yeah, it was pretty well uh, redone. Yeah, yeah re- pretty well done, re- recreated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he like throws the photos away angrily later, like he's not fully embracing his inner whatever yet. Yeah. Um, so then he stalks a woman through town and uh, he breaks in, binds her and begins to strangle her. However, no. Tyler appears no. seemingly out of nowhere with a rifle and it is revealed through a flashback that Tyler never left for camp. Yeah. But was secretly watching Don with Cassie. So he's just been hanging out with Cassie this whole time, stalking his father. I mean, this is like just great first couple of dates fodder, you know? Talk. <laughs> like, this remember, is like... remember when we bonded over my serial killer dad? Good times. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. It's like wait, what, what, what's that thing you wanted to try in the bedroom tonight? Oh, oh it wasn't the cliffage, not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So it's also revealed through this flashback that another flashback that Cassie's mother was one of the clove hitch victims. She mm. was one of the three unknown ones. Yes. So Don uh, catches them at some point and he like knocks Cassie out and convinces Tyler to surrender his rifle. Yeah. And he's and, taking and Don's taking photos, I think, at the time. He was, but then you know now he's like, um, oh hi, son. Um, hmm, fuck this. <laughs> well at first he's like trying to convince him, like, yeah, no, this is actually an affair. Sorry. So, yeah, it's not what you think. Yeah. Oh, but but then as soon as he talks him down and gets the rifle away from him, he tries to shoot him. So you know. Uh but luckily Chamber was empty. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So the two scuffle and Don um almost strangles Tyler, but Cassie awakens in the nick of time and knocks Don unconscious. Mm-hmm. Cassie dials nine one one and Tyler grabs her hand uh and stops her before she can continue to, to dial it completely. Yeah. Um Later, we find out that Don has been officially declared missing, but Tyler's family remains stable. They are informed that the police have discovered Don's body, and after uh, this, his death is um, considered a suicide. Mm. Uh, At their church, Tyler delivers a eulogy for Don, intercut with scenes of him and Cassie dragging Don's body into the forest and framing him. uh, Or basically putting the death like it's a hunting accident. Yeah. They're staging it to look like that. Yeah. And um, the forest scene ends with Don slowly waking up and Tyler pointing a pistol at his head. And Tyler ends the eulogy with, Dad, if you can hear me, I love you. Hmm. That was, uh, that ending got me, dog. I was like, shit, you know how much money you're throwing away in book deals right now? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shit, like, I mean, it's a bad situation, but I mean, come on, skirt out with a little something, bud. Uh, yeah, I mean... I... I'm being facetious like that. I, I feel like he made the right call for like long run. Or, well, no, did he? Well, okay. So here's the thing. It's a twofold thing. On yes. the one hand, it's selfish because the victims will never get that closure other than yeah. Cassie. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, his life will be solid. So it's kind of a selfish decision. But I yeah. mean, 
he's the only one who lives his life. Do you want to be remembered forever or have to change your name? And it's kind of a whole life and life changing, life ruining situation. Yeah. <sighs> but you just kind of uh, sit with that. It's it's probably the right move for his own sanity, but it's a selfish yeah. move ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's talk. So how do you how do you feel about the movie overall? I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I thought it was fucking creepy as shit. Like, uh, we, yeah, like you, you knew it was he was gonna be the guy. Well, like, sure. Pretty sure. early on and stuff, but just it was um, very much like a slow burn cat and, mouse, cat and mouse kind of thing going on. And um, yeah, no, rewatching it the other day, uh, I was like, oh shit, yeah, no, this is a little bit better than I remembered. Like, it's a pretty, it's a really solid movie. Um, I, okay, so I think that it's fairly solid. Like, it was watchable. Like, I mm. never, there weren't really any moments where I was like, I'm just gonna turn this off. I'm so bored, you know? Yes. But I did feel like you had some, like, maybe slight pacing issues. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, it, it, was, it was a smaller movie, so, I mean, I, I kind of assumed that it would have, like, some kind of, like, pacing issues or something like that, and, I don't know, flashbacks are always eh to me. Yeah, I don't uh, love flashbacks. So like, we could have just, like, gathered that he didn't go by just him walking in. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, just, like, a brief flash. Or it could have been explained later on in, like, a passing comment or something. Yeah. Yeah. But or, overall, yeah, yeah. Overall, overall, I'd give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it's solid. Definitely worth the watch. Yeah. I don't know if I'd like watch it again, really. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I've watched it twice now for this. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's like, eh, uh, I think it's enough, but uh, definitely worth one watch at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, if you're into like stuff that's based on true crimes and shit, what you feel like, listening I mean, to this podcast, you probably yeah. are. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> it's solid. You know what? Um, I will say this: if you if you like Dylan McDermott, go watch mm. this because it's really one of the best performances I've seen him do in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Not like a guy that I think like ah oh, leading movie man. No, like, he's television. He's a television guy for the most he's... part. He's a leading television actor. Yeah. He exceeds in that, and he's more of, like, a character actor, almost. Like, a background side character in films, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like in Party Monster, he's just, yeah. like, the club promoter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I... It's it's definitely one of the best roles I've seen him in. Like, his acting is really solid, and it's such a departure from a lot of the other stuff that he's done. So, yeah, it, yeah, it was nice seeing him, like, stretch his chops. And I would even, I would say this, like, he actually had to really fight for that role, this role, really? too. Yeah, so, like, the actor, you know, the director in no way envisioned him for this role in any way, shape, or form. He had to, like, send him a video, essentially, like, hey, man, I can do this. I, You know, he put on a, a costume to make himself up to look like, you know, the mm -hmm. character and just floored the director. And the director's like, okay, I had no part had ever thought of you for this mm. but clearly you're begging me to play this role yeah. and you've proved me wrong i think i think you're the man for the job and so yeah. yeah he had to he had to win over the director and prove that he was good and could be creepy for this who did the director who did the director have in mind for the role is what i wonder um i don't know I don't. Th I, I thought that he said who he like had in mind, but he never does. So no, I don't know. <laughs> oh well, maybe he just like wanted to just do a cattle call. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so we're gonna take a short break, and when we yeah. return, 
Trent's going to get into the nitty gritty dirty that is the disgusting, terrible BTK. It's going to be fucking gross. Yeah, he's gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's awful. Wait, Stay me, tuned. Or, me or him? <laughs> uh, no, not you. You're fine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome back. Glad to be back. Trent, well, just start spilling the deplorable uh, actions of BTK. Get it out. I I can do that. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I think last time we recorded, I wasn't teaching in the start. Might have been teaching. but uh, You were like a month or two away from moving to korea i think yes okay so i was still teaching but i was miserable even more so then uh nowadays i have students of mine that are always asking me like especially with the advent of Dahmer when that came out they're always asking me mr mid you saw that you know it's a true story and it's like yes i can give you even more details and tell you what's right and what's not accurate about that show and uh, i was like yeah no most of that happened pretty much all that happened so that's one of my favorite things to do now is just to like freak kids out that way. Like, no, oh, no, oh. And I'm like, no, I, I know more than you in general. So I'm smarter. But uh, today we are not talking about Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer. Obviously, we are talking about uh, Dennis Rader. Dennis Rader. This guy. Uh, so he was either born in Columbus, Kansas or Pittsburgh, Kansas. Either way, it doesn't matter because unfortunately he was still born in fucking Kansas. Uh, you know, you have to, like, it's really hard to get out of there. You got to get sucked up by a tornado to fucking leave that place. (laughs) Um, pretty much digs your fucking nail, digs fucking nails into you. Uh, but he was, he, he basically grew up in Wichita, which is like saying like, uh, yeah, I was either born in Walker, Denham Springs, but it doesn't matter because you still grew up in Baton Rouge. His parents, they're hardworking, blue-collar motherfuckers, apparently. Uh, they didn't really give a shit about the kids at home, which, uh, you know, that's that that I turned out fine with that. Just kidding, I had a very lovely relationship with my parents. 
Um, <laughs> I was going to say the photos on Facebook seem happy. Yes, exactly. Uh, Rada <laughs> later described feeling ignored by his mother in particular and resenting her for it. So, uh, you know, Freud would have a field day with this guy. Uh, I wish my mom ignored me a little more sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, like, he was... I, I, I'm reticent to use the word freak because, like, we all like to get a little freaky. Am I right? Right, was, right. Uh, no kink shaming. Yeah, no, not at all, uh, except for some, but I'm not going to say it on here because I don't <laughs> want to get emailed. Um, <laughs> this fair. close, I don't, I don't need, I, I, don't, I don't need to get in trouble this close to decadence and like just like close a bunch of doors, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a fucked up little dude. All right, so like from a young age, he is like doing Zeus at him. He's like torturing animals. Uh, into fetishes like voyeurism, autoerotic asphyxiation, uh, cross-dressing, which I mean, like cross-dressing, you, you don't have to put that as a kink. That that uh, that one is just, yeah, no. Sometimes people dress up at a young age because that is who they feel on the inside. That's what makes them comfortable. So we're just going to cross that one off uh, the list there. But uh, yeah, you shouldn't be getting into voyeurism or autoerotic asphyxiation by the time you're like seven or eight. You know that you got to build up to that. Yeah, that's um, that's still the time of innocence, or it should be. You know. Yeah. Y you want it to still be. It's like I feel like ten is when you should like see like the chick with three boobs in Total Recall. I think that should be <laughs> the the marker for every young young dude. You know, that's that's the sweet spot, you know. You know, I had already seen pictures from Playboy and Penthouse by the time I was 10, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is why my parents didn't let me go play in the woods that much, because I knew that was out there. Uh, I have I have an older brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I was the older brother, and I never I never did that, because I'm that... I'm, that uh, I don't know. My brother, uh, he's not with us anymore, bless him, but um, he was 15 years older than me, so. Ah, okay. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. He had no, his I... own house. I found them cool. there. Cool. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, when I was, like, 12 and 13, I actually, like, getting into chicks and, like, didn't know how to clear my browser history. I would just, like, find my dad's, like, uh, Playboys or uh, Easy Riders. He liked Easy Rider. Oh. Yeah, this bike guy. <laughs> uh Nice. So you know, I, 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 it's, it's, your sexual learning about yourself, about your own sexuality. It should be baby steps. You know, it shouldn't. Totally. Be, I'm gonna fucking choke myself until I fucking bust a load. Like, yeah. Right, right at the gates. That's not that, good. That that at like seven or eight or when you first discover your willy is really intense. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very much so. Uh. So yeah, he would steal women's clothes. Uh steal panties and uh commit uh the great and terrible sin of onanism with them while uh watching people uh through their windows which uh you know what if voyeurism is consensual cool and dandy that's totally fine not if it's like you're peeping tom you know not great no peeping tom is is uh that's an invasion of privacy yeah it's not it's not very nice when he would eventually start uh you know, blossoming into the gaping fucking piece of asshole that he really, really is. Uh, between the murders, he would, like, end up taking pictures of himself, uh, 
you've seen the photos you know what i'm talking about if you don't uh you know go have yourself some fun time look up dennis raider photos you're in for a uh, absolute delightful treat that won't uh you know look them up at the office look them up on the company computer and everything's gonna be fine do that cool. <laughs> but yeah he would do that to kind of satiate himself uh as part of the fantasy that he had with uh his victims and he kept them really well hidden like he didn't like i don't know how he got it up in the bedroom because like i know there was one serial killer i want to say it was uh joseph callinger who had to like clutch a knife to be able to finish there uh, were several of them that had exactly. really weird things that were the only way that they could get off so it's like the never nudes and uh arrested development there are dozens of us <laughs> yeah. dozens uh that's a <laughs> That's not a dated reference, is it? I still love Arrested Development. We make mm -hmm. banana stand references around here all the time. Is there money in your banana stand? Always. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm going to set it on fire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I, I guess that is... I, I want to believe that his wife didn't know about any of the, the weirder stuff that he's into. Because like, Again, when it comes down to it, when it comes to... Uh, any of these fetishes as long as they're practiced in a healthy and safe consensual environment no problem yeah whatever as long as you're not like hurting other people unconsensually or hurting animals like he did when he was a kid uh which well, yeah because animals can't flag. consent exactly well, what about a parrot they talk no they mimic no okay fair enough you got me there um but yeah he was like he was like a pillar of the community he was just like Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a swell dude. He's a chill guy. Except when he wasn't, because apparently he was like a real fucking stickler for like the most petty shit at work. Oh um, of course he was. He's that guy. Well, serial killers, of course, like they need control. So it's like, hmm, well, if I can't get my jollies right now, then I guess I'm gonna just exert control over these over people that he sees as peons, basically. Uh did shit like that, like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't like the can you get these TPS reports in by the end of the day, please? Yes, he <laughs> he's a less successful. Uh, what's his name? Bill in the office? No, I was thinking of um the dude from Office Space. The Office the, Space, uh, Office Space. That's what I meant. Not the office. I'm dumb. Yeah. Today, when it comes to mixing up popular culture. That's fair. Uh, uh, look, they're both offices, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he worked as a security system uh, installer, which uh, that was like, you know, perfect for him because he could like figure shit out. Um, did you ever, uh, you've seen Barbarian, right? Yes, of course. So that, that scene where he's going around as the meter guy and he unlocks the window in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Is that something Raider did or? I don't think he had to. Yeah, uh, he like knew well... the systems and shit. Yeah, he knew the systems. He set them up. Um, he yeah. could just type in codes and stuff. And that makes sense. Yeah, but he might have left doors and like windows unlocked, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, installing security alarms. Uh, many cases for homeowners concerned uh, were about the BTK killings because, like, he obviously got a boom <laughs> in business. Can, let's uh, let us just imagine for a minute what a conversation might have been like between BTK. And a woman who's lives alone and is installing a security system, having a security system installed. Yeah. Because she's terrified of the very man she's talking to. Yeah. 
Well, he's just he, got like a, a very wry like slip of a of a grin on the corner of his mouth. Like oh no, this man is rock hard the entire oh. time that that's happening too. He is like boned up to the gills. Oh oh yeah, like I mean I don't know the size of it, but it was as hard as possible. <laughs> I don't know, probably about like the size and look of my thumb. I would wager honestly. I was gonna say like a roll of quarters, maybe. You're being generous. Uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And like he was also a dog catcher, uh, like in the early '90s and shit. And yeah. he would just be a dick again. Just apparently, like killed a dog for no reason. Well, uh, I mean, he did that as a hot. kid. Yeah, he needed to get boned up again. Uh, of course, member of uh, like he was a board member of the Christ Lutheran Church, if I'm remembering that shit correctly. I think he was also like a fucking um, deacon or something too. Deacon, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Obviously, that led to his capture because uh, this dumb boomer fuck doesn't know how computers work. <laughs> if I send you a floppy disk, can you like figure out who what happened exactly? <laughs> Remind me. Basically, he sent a letter asking, like, "Hey, yeah, if I send you this floppy disk." Um, you guys can't trace that, right? And they're like, nah, bro. We, we yeah, got like you can't it. you can't figure out who it is if I send you this floppy disk, right? No. You wouldn't, wouldn't do it anyway. You're good for ratings. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to send it. Yeah. Clink, clink. Yep. And uh, according to, <laughs> uh, like, he got arrested, uh, I guess, in 2005 after, like, years of being inactive. Uh, and yeah. Well, how, do we know exactly how many years it was? I'm a, I'm gonna get to it when I get to the murders themselves. I'm not gonna That's like get, like I'm not gonna get super duper graphic with the murders because I just I've totally totally feel you on that. Mostly because it's just like the children deaths always bug me. I get it. Uh, You're a uh, school teacher. You teach little children. <laughs> oh no, I teach twelve year olds. Fuck those kids. I, I have a, I have a niece now though. So well, I mean, twelve year olds are still kids. Yeah, right? they're fucking assholes too. I know. That's why Mark will not teach middle schoolers. He only teaches high school. <laughs> he made the right choice. He made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, emergency divorce because, uh, yeah, makes sense. And uh, apparently his daughter still writes to him. I'm just like, what? Yeah, as of a 2019 <laughs> ABC News interview. So I'm Wow. Like, Did she write a book about it, too? Yes, I believe so. I haven't read that one. Uh, I can't remember. I'd be, I would be really interested to read what it was like to like grow up in the house with him. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the murders. First set that we have: four members of the Otero family were murdered in Wichita, Kansas, January fifteenth, nineteen seventy-four. Four members, middle of the goddamn day. That's bold. Yeah, that's incredible fucking bold for anybody. Uh, So he just annihilates this family, um, ties up the parents, uh, ties up the kids, asphyxiates, hangs the daughter in the basement and watches her. That's honestly, that's the one that I'm going to like really gloss over right there because I don't, yeah. Uh, Uh, For a more in-depth view, listen to other podcasts about him. Somebody tells you the goodies. Yeah, like, if I had a drink in me, I might be able to, like, do it, but I haven't had a drink all day, so I'm just like, ah, okay, no, no, no. Look, I feel ya. I don't want to talk about it either. Like, sometimes, yeah. the more the more egregious crimes, we usually just kind of gloss over and, like, you have Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this guy thought he was so 
fucking smart. And he kind of was for like the 70s because he decided to leave a letter in a book in the Wichita Public Library basically detailing everything. He's like, mm-hmm, catch me if you can. <laughs> yeah. He got off on the cat and mouse of it. Yes. Yeah. And then between 74 and uh, 77, killed three more women, sent letters to, uh, or sent a letter to uh, KAKE in Wichita, which is a television station. Cake. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> so just like really hammering home. like, yes, I did this. And he kept like trying to figure out nicknames for himself. He kept suggesting it. And if you got to pick out your own nickname, then you're not, you don't need a nickname. You're lame if you give yourself a nickname. <laughs> yeah. Like my nickname that I got in Korea at the pub that I was, always, that I would always go to was the Raging Cajun. Because I'd fair. be Raging and I'm also like from Louisiana. I'm not necessarily Cajun though. I think a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. People, people lump that in, you know. Yeah. And now my <laughs> nickname at the bar I go to all the time, it's Dirt Reynolds. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I've earned that. I, I suppose you have, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he is just the the silliest little guy, this this stupid fucking piece of shit. He's a poet, which like reading that a couple of years ago, I was like, maybe I really should give up poetry and try this stand-up thing. That's fun. Uh wrote a poem. Uh fucking it's talking about like this 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 quote unquote factor X that drove him to kill him. It's like, oh yeah, it's the same thing that made Jack the Ripper, Son of Sam, the Hillside Strangler fucking do that shit. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not why you did it. You did it because you're a fucking shit heel. Yeah. Yeah. So he was going to kill some other people, but they like escaped. Uh, one woman just like got home like later than expected. He got really pissed off at that because he like waited and then just like got impatient like a little fucking kid who got stood up on a date and just like, I'm taking my ligatures and I'm going home. <laughs> like a little shit. How out. dare you break your routine? Yeah. I was going to yeah. kill you. <laughs> Uh, so then he murdered a woman in uh, 1985, took her body to the church, Christ Lutheran Church, uh, where he was the president of the church council, photographed her in various bondage positions, and uh, yeah, had uh, black plastic sheets and other materials at the church in preparation for the murder and later dumped the body in a remote ditch. He had called his plan Project Cookie. Cute name. Real cute name. <laughs> real sweet. Real sweet stuff. Um, oh, God. I need a cookie. Yeah, so I need a fucking beer. So he claimed the murders uh, of this uh, family in Wichita in 88. So apparently he's not considered the suspect for those uh, that family murder. Uh, it was like three family or three members of the family, uh, the Fager family in Wichita. So then he, oh, he also loved to stalk women. One actually put out a restraining order in the uh, mid 90s and another changed her address to avoid him. So he was slipping in his old age. Sounds like. You know, I mean, like once you get past your prime, you got to know when to just walk away. You know? <laughs> Yeah, you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> exactly. So, like, years later, it's like 2004, and he's like, hmm, I've gotten away with this for too long. I want to play around. And that's what he does. He's, like, sending these letters to the fucking uh, television station. Always like, oh, yeah, can I send you a floppy disk? And, like, yeah, they caught him that way because uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So he try he would also try to leave like cereal boxes and shit with messages in the back of trucks because he's a serial killer. He's just he's, very he's so lame. He's he so is, fucking lame. He's like not even my he's not even like the most interesting serial killer, I feel. He's just no. Like, 
He's just annoying. Yeah, he's just a little bitch baby. Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh, so they uh, identified him, like, not just through circumstantial evidence, but uh, a warrant to test the pap smear taken by uh, taken from Raider's daughter at KSU. So there's that oh, yeah. match. Yeah. yeah so uh, uh. he got arrested when asked why he was stopped. Like, because they like pulled, like, got him. They pulled him over, like, at his neighborhood. Uh, Mr. Raider, do you know why you're going downtown? He was like, Oh, I have suspicions. Why? Like, <laughs> Trying to, try to sound like a villain. I'm sure, I'm sure that he wanted it to sound like very, very serious and deep and like cunning but it's like no you sound like a fucking nerd oh could could it be this murder that i did in 1983 or could it be this murder that i did in 1986 yeah Mm -hmm. and then the trial's going on and there's like you know victim statements then he apologized in like a 30 minute speech and he's like bruh just continuing to make it about himself and did you ever watch that uh i survived btk documentary I did. I did. I did. The, like those, the weight that those poor people had to carry on them for carry on them, and I imagine still do. It it's just such a fucking bummer, and just like totally. shows shows the aftermath of what these pieces of shit leave behind. So fuck them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so he's in solitary confinement for like ever. So he has radio and television. And he can read magazines and other privileges for good behavior. So, well, I hope he yeah. sits in that box forever. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I um, hope. I hope you're bored and you can never come again. <laughs> oh God, that's a fate worse than death. Jesus. <laughs> he deserves that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So BTK sucks. Yeah. Uh, Francis Dolaride from Red Dragon was partially based on the then identified BTK killer. Uh wait, he was he identified at that point? No, uh, the, well the novel came out in 81. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. But it was before yeah, that came out before Silence of the Lambs, right? Didn't it? Or is that the one yeah, right Red, after Silence of the Lambs? No, Red Dragon was first, Silence of the Lambs okay. the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, Red Dragon, Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm on top of this. Yeah. <laughs> I am aware of those. Yes. I just okay. I, I had to like add one little nerdy tidbit left. Okay, go for it. No, 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 that was it. That was the nerdy tidbit. That was your nerdy tidbit. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's um, fair. I, I love when I'm able to do these and like go in depth about the killers because like I feel like I can like show these to potential suitors and they'll like absolutely not be freaked out by it at all by my extensive knowledge. I would you know I would be like oh my god I finally found a dude that wants to talk about this with me because yes. I always I always date guys that are very very turned off by this part of me. Yes. <laughs> like my partner's in there right now. Like I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i humanity is already failing me enough i don't need to hear about how much it sucks even more <laughs> oh no that's fair yeah no yeah i'm like i get I it i get it yeah <laughs> it's not for everyone <laughs> no for sure i've just accepted that it's failed yeah right i'm just digging deep into the sludge at this mm-hmm. point <laughs> All right, so Trent, would you like to like plug some stuff that you're up to? It can be local or abroad, yeah. or doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, I am. Uh, I'm going to take a step back from producing shows right now, uh, just for the next couple of months to focus on writing. But uh, Justin Baker is still doing 
Raw Comedy at Yes We Cannibal every third Monday of the month. Uh, nice, nice. Louisiana. Nice. Um, I will be performing with Dan Alton in June uh, the 26th over at Yes We Cannibal. Very excited for that. That dude's been all over the place. He's funny as fuck. Done shit with uh, Kyle Kinane, Rory Scovel. Nice. Uh, and he's just fucking stellar on his own. Um, Bloody Buddies, we're coming back from a hiatus relatively soon. We got some stuff planned up. Really excited for that. Uh, you can probably catch me in uh oh doing lunchbox comedy festival in late may i believe the 28th nice so that's exciting that's very exciting uh we need to hear back from some other stuff so yeah big things coming in uh 2023 big dogs dope dope well as always um if you guys want to you can follow him at those places that he just mentioned yes yes Steve Albino on Instagram, and uh, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with you. Yeah, and we are Horror versus Reality at Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook. Just do the Googling and you'll find this. (laughs) Figure it out on your own. Yeah, and my other podcast, Attack of the Killer Objects, is also available anywhere you listen. And our newest episode, um, Killer Condom, will be coming out next week. Hell yeah. Have you ever seen that trend? I it's I think I watched it once at a friend's house and we were just like very, very intoxicated. It's it's like weirdly good. Because like for one, the condom was the killer condom itself, the creature mm. design was done by HR Giger. I love that. Okay. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm sold. And it was produced by Troma. Hell yes. And it's German. <laughs> It's well, fucking, two out of three ain't bad. It's fucking hysterical. Just trust me. Hell yes. Okay. There, fair there, there were some moments where I was like, I don't know, it's kind of losing me, but then there's like a little bit of heart to it. Okay. I don't know. I yeah, just you know, like give it a go. It is. It is um camptastic. Mm, okay. Hell yeah. I'll check that out. Okay. And the, again, then the episode will be out next week. <laughs> Which you Trent, you should come on that show on my other show sometime. I am down for it. Yes, we will. Bu- we'll book something down. Yeah, just think. Think of a killer object movie. Come send me a DM and let me know what you want to do. Um, go to our Spotify feed and you can see all of the films that we've already done. Hell yeah! All right, guys. Well, we will see you for our next horror versus reality, which will be. I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to release it, but it will be on Jack Ketchum's The Lost. Oh. Yeah, so check that out. All right, guys, and uh, we'll see you then. Right, Bye. Bye.